Welcome into another edition of the Jungle Juice Podcast. It's Sam Gormley with Mick Nelson. Mick, it is a victory Wednesday yet again. It's a great day to be a Bengals fan. Man, we've got a whole month of uh, victory Wednesdays over here. It's starting to, you think it's starting to get a little stale? No, there's no such thing. No, <laughs> no such thing as a too stale victory Wednesday, especially when you're going up against maybe, you, you know, a team that three weeks ago everyone thought was going to win the Super Bowl, you know, that they were just already crowning the San Francisco 49ers and already a win comes in in one of the more impressive victories really in a while. The fact that it was at San Francisco, San Francisco in a way, I think it was more impressive that they beat them the fact that they'd lost two in a row, for some reason, weirdly enough to me, that means that they, it is a more impressive win. But I, it's it's really exciting regardless, and that'll be obviously part of the topic on today's show. But other than that, we are going to preview the big game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football. We'll break all that down. There's some key injuries on both sides. We'll, we'll tell you about those. Uh, and then we have some news from the week as well, and we'll wrap up the show, of course, with our picks from the week. Uh, as we get started, remember to like our page, Jungle Juice Facebook. We just passed the 500 followers mark, so be sure you do that. You can also subscribe to us on the YouTube channel and do it that way as well. We want to make sure, too, Mick, that we give a good shout-out to our, our good friend and yours, Mr. Josh Isles, over at his page, WDN Today. You can make sure to follow him there for some great Bengals content as well. We're also streaming, or it's not streaming, but you can go back and listen to the show on your favorite podcast platform. As that goes on, you know, we've got Facebook, we've got uh, Spotify, we've got Apple Podcasts, we've got iHeart, we've got all of the different ways for you to join us that way as well. But Mick, some of the news from the week. Uh, it was a... Slow yet busy week, I think, on the news front for, for Bengals fans. And I think the biggest part, biggest news is probably yesterday. And really the biggest news is the fact that there was no news in that the Cincinnati Bengals did not make any trades at the trade deadline, which no matter how much time we invested into last week's show, we both in the long run aren't surprised at all that no trades happen. Yeah, yep. We uh, touched on this before, uh, you know, to reference Paul Dieter Jr. when they were talking about this on uh, Hear That Podcast Growling last week. Uh, you might as well just go and take a walk uh, while we discuss this segment. Uh, and we kind of uh, shared those same sentiments. We did not think the Bengals were going to execute a trade. Uh, but, you know, it's a fun discussion topic. So that's why we decided to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one news that did come out yesterday afternoon that – uh, at least made me go, what? Was that one of the NFL Network, I th was it Mike Garofolo, I think, or, or, some, or one of the guys reported that T uh, Cincinnati was fielding potential looks for T. Higgins. And immediately I go, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm sure they are. Yeah, and then okay. I immediately went back to, I think it was Duke Tobin, I think it was at the, the Combine, I believe, when they asked him about trading T. Higgins. Duke Tobin's line was, go get your own. <laughs> like, pretty much saying, I'm not in the business of making other teams better. And I immediately mm -hmm. went back and played that because while I think that in, in this coming offseason, a T. Higgins move could happen and maybe will happen, I don't think it made any sense for the Bengals to make a move right now without getting just completely blown away. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... I yeah, we just didn't really see him making anything here. You know, we kind of discussed them getting a, a tight end potentially, and it, it seemed sounded like they fielded offers for. Uh, they were looking at a tight end from Carolina that wasn't Hayden Hurst. Tommy. Trumbull? Yes, and, yes, correct. That was one of the names that potentially came up, but I think that that was more based on Solomon Wilcox was saying that. So I don't really know how mm -hmm. much you, how much you read into that. Uh, regardless, I, I'm not not surprised at all, and I do agree with what Freddie says. Uh, smart move. He didn't think they wanted to add any money that could affect si uh, cap for signing T next year. I don't know that it's necessarily on the T end, but I think in the long run, I, I, there was nobody out there that I think was really going to be that much of an improvement without overpaying. Like the Bengals were never going to be in the Chase Young, nor, nor no. do they need Chase Young. They don't. They don't. They, the pass rush is bad. 
probably the most consistently strong aspect of the team uh, so far this season. And yeah, why are you going to waste a draft pick when you're already as deep as they are um, in that department? So, you know, could they have done, could they have made a team, a move to make the team uh, a little bit better? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, these guys, uh, you know, they, they definitely have their own philosophy of keeping the roster intact and, and utilizing the guys they have and not giving up future assets. So, um, nope, no news at the deadline. Uh, we can kind of move past that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still pretty confident in the uh, in the roster they have moving forward, even with the uh, the dilemma they have at the tight end position. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And one of that kind of moves in right to the to the next point that we have as far as roster moves that the Bengals made. They at least made some attempt at fixing that tight end position with signing Tanner Hudson to the active roster earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me, the minute that I heard that, I thought something's wrong with Charlie Jones. Because the Bengals have 52 of 53. They had one vacant spot on their roster. And all signs pointed to Charlie Jones being that when he came off of IR this week. And immediately later on in the week, we found out that Charlie Jones is still a week away. And then the other roster move, I I don't know if we care. Clay Johnston was signed to the practice squad. He was fine. Like, he did a good job. Wasn't he the one that made the the tackle on Derrick Henry in the... uh, yeah, so, uh, he, he played some meaningful snaps in that 2021 uh, postseason run. You, you know, he's, you know, he, he provided, uh, he, you know, he, he definitely provided something in that 2021 season. It's actually a kind of a throwback, I think, because I, I don't think he, he played on the team at all last year, did he? I don't know, honestly. So it, it, it's interesting with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think all of those moves are, I mean, the Tanner Hudson. I feel like Tanner Hudson is kind of in this realm of like, he's like a mythical beast of Storm. I think he gets a lot more credit than he actually is. Like nothing because against he just Tanner doesn't, Hudson. He, he looks like the most polished receiver out of the four tight ends they have, which is just, it, it's kind of saying something about the problem that's, they have in that room. You that's know? kind of what I was saying is I think that really says a lot that the, uh, that he is your best option in that realm i you know i i i don't know it just seems like there's a lot to uh i don't know he it, it just i i feel like they can do better and i think fans are a lot more excited about him than maybe he he should he really should deserve i guess is what i'm getting at but regardless freddie says he thought hudson looked decent in his one start but not sure if he's great at run blocking or knowing the system fully uh yeah he looked fine I, I just I, I say I guess temper your expectations. Yeah, um, I I would look for them to hopefully add long term to that position group. You know, looking into the twenty twenty four offseason and forward, but you know, it looks like the offense didn't need the tight end really much at all on Sunday. Uh, they, uh, uh, yeah, they put together by far their best performance that we've seen in twenty twenty three. Probably the best overall performance I've seen, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to think of, and, you know, and let's, let's, there was one more news aspect that I wanted to get to before we get sure. into the game. Yeah. So let's, let's table that and come back to that in a moment, because okay. I don't really know if it's news, but it's something that needs to be discussed, Mick. And it was Sunday morning. And I don't know if it'd been released prior to, but Adam Schefter was the one that put it out. The video of the Bengals getting visited by Oz or whatever the, uh, the, the mentalist. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the video, you can go to the jungle juice Facebook page and we have it shared there and you can find it. If not, you, it's not that hard to find. You could just Google Bengals Oz mentalist and you'll, you'll be able to find it. And long story short, he uh, brings up Orlando Brown jr. And pretty much asks him said like, it's a cold day or it's a hot day. You go into the fridge what drink are you pulling out? And tells him to like think of it in his head and close his eyes. And he goes out and he pulls out of a paper bag, the, the mentalist, and there is a Coca-Cola. And Orlando Brown says orange soda is the one that he wanted. And when he opens up the Coca-Cola can, it was an orange soda. So then everyone's like, oh my goodness, this guy's amazing. But then it turns into the Joe Burrow show where he's able to guess which receiver Burrow is throwing to around the room. 
And then it gets even wilder when Tyler Boyd uh, apparently writes down a piece of paper who his first kiss was and what grade he was in. And Joe Burrow was able to guess it. So, I, you know, it was cool. Yes. The players liked it and everything. But, Mick, I got to ask you, Joe Burrow had to be in on it, right? There's no way this wasn't, like, scripted. I Actually, I think it was 100% scripted. There's no way Joe Burrow wasn't in on it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was entertaining. It was it was, it was something to, to watch. And uh, apparently that guy loves going to, to NFL uh, to NFL training camps, do this type of stuff. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I think he was on the hard knocks. I think he was with the Jets. And I think yeah. he got uh, featured on that as well. It does look like we are having some, some technical difficulties. For some reason, our Facebook page, Jungle Juice, doesn't seem to want to be streaming. So, uh, well, obviously, if you're watching this, then you know you have found us. But as always, just as a reminder, you can stream us on our Jungle Juice YouTube channel as well as the WDN Today Facebook. So I'm not entirely sure as to what the issues was. I've been trying, wish you is. I've been trying to figure that out while, uh, while we've been talking, but it looks like it's something that, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe we've been put in a Facebook jail, Mick. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what we would have done to do that. Uh, you know, and I usually you know, would be the culprit of that. So uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe just Facebook's deciding to, to not like us today. They're just I don't know. But but regardless, we appreciate those of you that have found us here on this end. Uh, Freddie okay. says he's watching from Facebook. Well, it, maybe it is working, unless Freddie's watching on the WDN Today Facebook page. We also I have the Jungle I, Juice I, Facebook page. It, I, just, I just looked at the, the Who Day Nation one, and it looked like it was going live. So I'm not, Interesting. I'm not too I, sure. I, I don't really like know. It, yeah. It's showing on my end that things have been struggling, but aren't we all struggling in our own yeah. ways? Oh, you yeah. know, wasn't struggling though. The Bengals 49ers game on, on Sunday, as we wrap this up the, or go into the good, the bad and the ugly from that category. Um, it's talking about and d- recapping the Bengals 31 to 17 win against the San Francisco 49ers. And Mick, uh, this one's going to be a lot more top heavy. We're diving into the good from the game on Sunday because there was a whole heck of a lot of it. Uh, when you're leading it off and talking about the good, I think we got to start w- with Joe Burrow. AFC Offensive Player of the Week earlier today. I think an argument could be made that that was, if not his best game, it's in his top five and it's in the conversation. He was spectacular against, this was not the 2021 Baltimore Ravens defense. You know, this was no. not the the Falcons defense last year. This was a good defense that was healthy. Yeah. yeah. And he torched him. Yeah, it was uh it was a great game by Burrell. Uh he was kind of putting up Madden numbers where I don't even know if I can even throw for uh 88% completion percentage Madden. So he he's putting even above like Madden numbers uh in the game against Sam Fran. Um, you know, I, I did touch on the podcast last week when previewing the game. I was interested to see, are we going to see uh, a new identity on offense? And we for sure did. Uh, they ran under center a lot more than they have done in previous weeks. Uh, and they looked good at doing it. The offensive line seemed to be uh, responding a lot more, uh, you know, a lot better. To uh, to the different formations they were doing, I was seeing a little more pre-snap motion than than we're accustomed to seeing, which was uh, you know, which helped and and I think opening up the receivers uh, down the field. And uh, Joe Burrow just 100% took advantage of what was a really good San Fran defense. And uh, and if we're gonna throw credit to to Joe Burrow for how well he played, we've got to throw the same credit to Zach Taylor. He called. Uh, pretty much an impeccable game on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I've had my qualms with uh, with Zach. You know, it's usually early on in the season when I, you know, love to overreact, and I think a lot of other people do the same. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Zach definitely opened up his entire playbook. It also made me start to realize, you know, um, it looks like they handled the calf injury for Burrow uh, in the best way possible because uh, – you know, the only things I heard about this injury, you know, when listening to these other media outlets was saying this injury is going to linger on the entire season. 
Um, and maybe that's what happens if Joe tries to play how he normally plays while, you know, nursing that calf injury. But Joe Burrow limited himself so much during those first five or six weeks that maybe the, the calf has completely healed. It looks like Joe's definitely back to his old self. I loved that he looked like an absolute psycho after uh, after ripping off a couple of like 10 to 15 yard runs. and He's just banging the hell out of his helmet. That was awesome. The offense I mean, looked great. It was we, a great. We got to we got to talk about to the play. And you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the one yeah. where he, I, I, I think everyone knows he gets away from. And, and again, this is not him getting away from bad defensive ends that can't tackle. I mean, that's Nick Bosa and Armstead, who are, I mean, that's as good of a duo as you're going to find in the NFL. Uh, and and they only got better too with Chase Young. Thank goodness that. <laughs> thank goodness we got rid of them. You know, played them when we did. But. That play for Joe Burrow, that was kind of the one that when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, he's back. He's good. He's 100%. Unbelievable play. So I don't want to take any credit away from from that play or, you know, from the way the offensive line played in general against, against the Bengals. But we all know Joe Burrow and Nick Bosa are very, very good friends uh, stemming from their days in Ohio State. Do you think Nick Bosa kind of like kind of took the day off because like, no, I think against it, Joe. Do you? Do you, do you no, I know. No, no shot. I think if anything, that that takes your level up even more because I know that there was the line after the game that the NFL films released, where Nick Bosa told Joe Burrow after the game, pretty much, you made our you you made our bye week suck now, <laughs> or so you ruined my bye week because now we've lost three straight games. But and then he followed it up with saying, if if anyone had to do it though, I'm glad I'm glad that it was you. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of the good that we definitely have to mention was Joe Mixon. Uh, yeah. He was great. Uh, 5.4 yards a carry. And I know we talked about this. I think it was two weeks ago with Tommy Lipscomb. And we talked about how Joe Mixon, he, it's it's wild that he doesn't have an average, like a play that is an average using his eyes, like average vision. He is either looking unbelievable with his vision or he's looking awful with his vision. And I thought his vision was as good as it was all season long. He was hitting holes. He was getting big runs. I mean, 5.4 yards a carry, sign me up. I mean, let's get that every game for the rest of the year. Yeah, Joe Mixon was like running angry in this game. This guy was looking, you know. And it was a homecoming for him. Yeah, it was a homecoming for him. You know, know, the offense kind of changed their identity, like I said before. They were running under center. A lot more. I, I think that Joe Mixon was probably a lot more hyped for for that because I think he does run the ball a lot more when the offense is under center, and I think they're opening up better holes for him. Um, yeah, he looked great in this game. Uh, T had a good bounce-back game. We've talked about T struggles the entire year, and, and, and although it wasn't like an elite game from T Higgins, he, he did make a few uh, crucial catches down the stretch. Jamar does what Jamar does, always open. Um, yeah, there's there's really no bad you, I can think about on this offense other than one player. You took you touched on uh, the offensive line as well, and I think they deserve a lot of credit too against a good uh, San Francisco pass rush that really, for the most part, they they kept Joe Burrow up. Uh, they and Joe Burrow was was not doing his quick outs all the time. He was he was holding the ball longer. Uh, he looked really good. Switching sides to the other side of the ball, talking about the good. A couple of players that really stood out to me defensively. I, I think the defensive player of the game might be Mike Hilton. I thought yeah. he he was all over the ball. And you heard Tony Romo was mentioning him left and right over the things that he was doing. He was yeah. really, really good. Yeah, he was kind of shutting down that slot uh, receiver position for most of the game. He did allow two catches for 46 yards, but uh, you know he looked really good. He, they sent him on a couple blitzes where he made a, a couple of uh, crucial tackles for loss. Uh, yeah, Mike had a great game, and then we can't go without mentioning the uh, the MVP of the defense so far, who, again, closed out the game, um, Trey Hendrickson. Guy was absolutely all over the place, uh, all over the place on Sunday. Uh, and, yeah, closed out the game. I loved that it, him and DJ had that uh, roughing the passer call um late in the game you know that forced a an interception at the time obviously that got called back 
And then he goes out and just does it again and forces a fumble on Brock Purdy. I mean, that was that was incredible. Um, and also let's let's uh, another like you know I guess good or great for the team is that they were almost the first team in NFL history to have a game with zero penalties until that roughing the kick passer call late in the game, which we've talked about this before in the podcast. Roughing the passer is a very subjective call, and I don't know if I would have called it. Um, we are becoming too, too protective of quarterbacks. Yeah, I, it it didn't even look like they were going really low on them. And especially, they hit them right you know, at the you know, I'm a firm believer to the, in the some quarterbacks have earned that right to to get call more calls like that. You know, Mahomes, he's earned that right. You know, he's been a multi team, multi time MVP multiple Super Bowls, and so on. You know, you get some of these veterans like Stafford and so on. Heck, even Burrow probably would be in that conversation of being oh, uh, yeah. deserving of that. Brock Purdy does not earn that. Like, come on, let's be real. See, I like, don't like to play into that narrative, but I, I definitely get what you're saying. I think that's it, a thing for sure yes, with, with NFL yes. referees. It's respect in, in a way, and I don't know that Brock Purdy has done enough to, to earn that respect in that realm. One of those defensive penalties that you mentioned was somebody that I specifically wanted to mention as a guy that continuously doesn't show up in the stat sheet as often, but continuously is a guy that I, I hope they can find some way to re-sign, and that's DJ Reader. I mean, the, the yeah. dude is incredible. Yeah. yeah, the guy has been the anchor of the defense for the past three years. He's been an elite run stuffer. Uh, his pass rush, has, I think, is significantly improved. You got two really good to elite pass rushers on your D-line. I mean, that's that's a good spot to be in. Um, and then another name I wanted to mention, Logan Wilson had a really good game. Uh, he had the interception that, you know, it initially kind of looked like it was uh, the easiest interception Logan Wilson's ever had to, had to do. But, you know, Romo kind of pointed it out is that, you know, he was kind of moving one way to make Brock Purdy, you know, think he was going that way. And he kind of just faked him out and, you know, and got the interception. Um, you know, tackling looks pretty good from Logan Wilson as well in the game. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, Mike Hilton also had a great game. And the defense, I don't know. I know they forced some crucial turnovers and only gave up 17 points, but there are some things that, probably need to be talked about that might be a little concerning so do you um, want to move on to the bad then? To move on to that because so this is this is the bad right not the ugly is that what you're saying or are you throwing this in the ugly so do we need to go because i have i have some of the bad so we like to separate this if you've never joined us into the good the bad and the ugly and pretty much separating it from being the great things the meh things and the things that make us worry with it so are you putting this into the meh category the bad or the ugly because well, I have something to throw into the bad. Let's go with your thing to throw into the bad, and I'll see if this and this, kind of this is not going to be a popular one. And my guess is you are going to be upset or disagree. I'm going to put Irv Smith in the bad and not the ugly. Actually, and I kind here's of agree why. with that. And here's why. Yes, the fumble was awful. 100%. Yeah. But here's my philosophy is if he wouldn't have had that fumble, he could argue it could have made that. I'd have thrown him in the good. Because I think he was, he, he made some, I mean, it was the first game all season that you went away having an opinion on Irv Smith and, and you could have had a positive opinion on Irv Smith. Like, was he great? No. The fumble, was it an awful fumble? Uh, 100%. Was I cursing his name when it happened? Of course. It was terrible. But I don't know that one play is what should move you down to the ugly. And that's why I slot him into the bad. And really, for me, it was the only bad that I have taken away. Yeah, no, I thought Irv made some decent plays. Like you said, the fumble is uh, kind of unforgivable. Um, and I don't I don't mind throwing him in into the bad category. He, yeah, he, he made a couple of crucial first down catches. He actually did something. Uh, just the fact it was all wiped away by... Uh, by the fumble, and I can honestly take some partial uh, responsibility for the fumble, considering I mentioned in last week's podcast that the Bengals had not fumbled and lost the football all season. Uh, Bengals, not Joe Burrow, 
have have done that. No Bengal other than Joe Burrow has done that. So, and they I'll almost had two partial responsibility there because because Jamar I, had the one that was called back as well. Yeah, I was uh, that was very un uh, Ron Torbert like to overturn that call. <laughs> Uh, okay. Do you want to shift into the ugly? So you're throwing, you're actually putting stuff into the ugly. Interesting. Okay. Yes, go on. I, I do have the ugly and it's all defensive backs, not named Mike Hilton. Coverage was a problem in this game. Uh, yes, they did force two interceptions. So, I mean, that's good and all, but they were kind of constantly getting gashed by 49er playmakers throughout the entire game. Uh, Ayuk. You know, and, and Brandon Ayuk's good, by the way. Brandon Ayuk might be the second coming of Devontae Adams, as far as I'm concerned. Um, he freaking torched, torched the defense the entire game. It seemed like every, uh, you know, every so often the guy was making just a, a 30 yard uh, reception and, and entirely flipping the field position. Um, so, and then, and then you got to talk about Kittle as well. Kittle also had a, a really good game. Now, some of his catches came in garbage time. So I think that might have inflated the stat line a little bit. But yeah, I think the coverage has to improve. And, and, and the good news is with that, though, is that, you know, this is about as skilled of a group of playmakers as, as the Bengals are going to play against. And that's, you know, it, that's even without Debo Samuel, which. Yeah. And that's why I, I personally, I think you're being a little harsh throwing it in ugly. I probably would have put it in bad. Like, and, and I'm fine with that. Uh, just because. IU can Kittle do that to a lot of teams. Yeah. I mean, Kittle is an argument could be made. He's the best tight end in football. Like you can make that argument. Ayuk is the most underrated wide receiver in football. I think an argument could be made on that. Yes, they were without Debo Samuel. And then you have Christian McCaffrey, who is the best running back in football. I'll say that. And and I don't even know if you call him a running back. Hey, I mean, he's He's an athlete. The best skill position offensive player in football. Correct. Yeah, that, that, that's a good I'm way concerned. to put it. So you're looking at you have three elite players on the offense. So I, I don't know. And look, I'm not disagreeing with you. The fact that it was it was not great. Uh, I just don't know that I, I personally would have put it in ugly, but that's why we separate. See, I think the wide receivers and looking at the footage, they got they got so much separation in that game. And if it weren't for the pass rush, I feel like San Fran probably would have, would have put on a lot more points than what they did. So maybe the, I think the pass rush kind of made up for how ugly they kind of played. For me, the ugly, uh, if we're being honest, you know who the ugly should be? Kind of touched on everybody here. Let's see. Now we we've I missed like, two we've missed right. two very important uglies. Are you talking about, shutter, are you talking about shooters miss? Is his, his no no not now? at all because that was fifty yards and it was windy and everything. No, the two uglies are us, Mick, because we both predicted the 49ers <laughs> to win the game, and we deserve to be thrown in the ugly category because we should have our tails between the legs because we were wrong. And on this podcast, we will we will gloat if we were right, but we should admit it if we are both wrong, and we were both wrong on Sunday, but we were both very happy to be wrong. So I'm throwing yes. us in the ugly category. I was ecstatic to be wrong. That was that was the best I felt in the game all year. And I don't think I would have gloated to be right in this situation. I never gloat to see the Bengals get, you know, you know, massacred or blown out during a game. Like no, no, no. I uh, but yeah, no, I think it was an overall great performance. And I think it was one of those things that after they scored to go up seven to nothing. That was kind of the moment where I thought they're winning this game. Like, I, I, it, it was one of those that I didn't think they were going to win, but the minute that the game got rolling, I knew that the Bengals were going to win. I, I do agree with what Riley said. <laughs> you know, the, the, the true ugly is the Miss Burrow. I, I, I am actually really surprised Zach didn't like, challenge that. Um, well, it, it wouldn't have mattered because Ted Karras didn't. He didn't finish. They didn't finish the play, so it wouldn't have gotten the first like, down at least. They didn't blow. Well, the they, I, I don't. I think it would have been when the ball was picked up is where they oh, would okay. have blown the play dead because they, they have no way of knowing that if they wouldn't have blown the whistle, that Nick Bosa would have tackled Ted Karras. You know, there, there's that's probably would have been the Nick, uh, the decision. Nick Bosa wouldn't have tackled Ted Karras. I, Ted Karras would ready to take that thing to the house. I would have loved it if Ted Karras <laughs> scored himself a tutty. Uh, he was, he was, he was ready too. uh, there's nothing I love more than a, uh, uh, the big man, big man touchdown. 
Linemen, I think, can advance except in, I think it's on fourth down and when there's less than two minutes left in a half. Yeah. Yep. Are the only opportunities uh, when a lineman can ad- can't advance the football? Is there anything else you wanted to jump in about the 49ers, or do we want to move into the Bills? Um, yeah, no, I think I've said uh, said uh, everything we need to say about the Niners game. Great win for the Bengals, and uh, they're back, baby. They're yes. back. Will they stay <laughs> back though on Sunday night football when they take on? The Buffalo Bills at Paycor Stadium. It is this. Strike the jungle. Make sure if you're going to the game that you realize what section you're you're sitting in and whether you're supposed to wear black or orange. It'll be one of these things that if if this is pulled off, and I have the faith in Bengals fans, that it's going to look really, really cool. Really cool. We're in the black section, so we're ready. Yeah, I'm really hoping we do see... uh some good coordination with this like we did with the uh with the whiteout games against the rams and the dolphins last year here's my one potential like worry about it i feel like there isn't enough orange uh memorabilia you know out there i don't know i don't really see much stuff made in orange if you get what i'm saying there like it's do you not have an do you have an orange bengal shirt i do i do i have an orange bengal's t-shirt um, I have an orange Bengals pullover that I would yeah, have worn. But I would say the majority of the stuff is black. I've got like two pieces of white clothing, but I've only got one orange. Um, you know, so I'm kind of worried, like, is it going to, are we going to, you know, is there going to be enough orange? I don't think I we're going to have any, I don't think we're going to have any issue with the, In the with black the sections no. that have, yeah, that they have to wear it's, black. But I'll be interested too, is that last game, the Bills traveled very well here. So I'll be interested to see how much blue or red will be sprinkled through as well. But I still think, I mean, obviously it'll be a pro Bengals crowd. I think, I think it's going to look good. Yeah. And I think it'll be one of those things that next year it'll look great. Yeah. If yeah. you get what I'm saying that they'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll take us a year to really, to get rolling on this. And I hope, I hope they do something too, where they uh, give away, like they gave away the white rally towels for the, uh, Got it right here. The white rally towels for the for the Rams game. So do you I think hope, do you think they'll be like they'll be black, black ones? For, yeah, and then black and then and orange. In in the think, other categories, I think I that hope, might be the best way to do it for sure. That's or uh, even pom poms or something like that. I hope that uh, they can do something there. That would that would that that's what they uh, that's they what would love make the, me they love doing the pom poms, man. That's a uh, I'm glad yeah, I still have my towel this week or this this I, year. Though. I Maybe am too, but I still have my the one pom pom game I've been to was the uh, was the playoff game against the Raiders, and I still have mm-hmm. it. Uh, never, never will get rid of that. That's my uh, one memento since we don't get ticket stubs anymore. The uh, Wait, we we got pom poms at the uh, Steelers playoff game that we don't like to talk about. No, they gave away. Uh, it was Didn't they give us uh, pom poms. No, it was it was uh, Gators. It was uh, Bengals like Gators like a, a face mask. I don't remember that. I thought yes. In fact, pop. if I can, I know exactly where mine is because it was hilarious. Because during COVID, I was looking for it and could not find it. I didn't know where I where I put it because I was wanting to use it because obviously we were supposed to be wearing that. We're not talking about masks. I don't. I don't care about your opinion if you're going to comment. Oh, I know. That. Okay, I know what Gators but, are. Okay. Yeah, it's the thing that that you pull up over your uh and I was looking for it and I I don't know could not find it and probably about a year ago I was looking through an old box and found it. And I was like, of course, now I find it when it's not something that people wear that much anymore, but no. Uh that was one of those things a thing. I, I Riley you're you're not wrong that they gave depression and disappointment at the at the Steelers Our therapy session game. for the 2015 playoff game will come in the offseason when we have very little to talk when, about. Only when the Bengals win the Super Bowl am I willing to take a therapy session on that moment. Until then, I it's it's still too fresh. It's still too fresh. I, I, I don't know that I'm quite ready to talk about it. But if the Bengals win the Super Bowl this year, absolutely. We can relive the, uh, the depression of that moment. Uh, the rulers of the jungle... Yeah, on Sunday will be Clark Harris and Kevin Huber. I love it. I yeah, that was a uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the news. Um, you know, both were with the team for a very long time. They were probably the most lo- 
probably the most tenured people on the team or players on the team in 2022 and 2021. Now Clark wasn't really didn't really play last year after he uh, when he tore his bicep or whatever, and he was out for the whole season. Yes, I think it was back yep. maybe or Pack. something. It was yeah, something. it's something in that something in that upper kept body. him from doing his job. Um, yes, and the Bengals lost the game against the Steelers because of that. That that week one, and you never I'm never surprised. know. What... Don't want to get too off topic here. I'm just surprised they never like after the first failed attempt. I would have been like, screw it, we're just going for two. We'd been <laughs> like, I've always wondered, and again, I fully admit that I'm not an expert on long snapping, but like, could Ted Karras not like get one back? I know it's different, but like. The Mitchell yeah. Wilcox snap was not good. And and it's one of those that I wish I could talk to Darren Simmons, like a guy who has forgotten more about special teams than any one of us watching or listening will ever know. Uh, but I, I don't know. And again, we're, we're getting off topic. Uh, back to the game here today or on Sunday. It'll be Sunday Night Football on NBC. Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. And again, we had this conversation last week, Mick, that I think the Chris Collinsworth hate is stupid. And I think yeah, he's actually waiting, good at his job. I'm waiting for Riley's comment to come through. Yes, here he probably he doesn't does like not like Chris Collinsworth. Like, well, the then buy that, a ticket and come to the game, Riley, so you don't have to listen I've been to trying uh, to convince him to for a while. He, uh, he, he said he might got, be in the market for season tickets next year. So, oh, there you go. Uh, here's a stat for you, though, Mick. The Bengals have lost ten straight. Regular season Sunday night football games. The last time the Cincinnati Bengals won a regular season Sunday night football game. Week two, 2004. Oh, they have never, they have never won a Sunday night football game on NBC. What about 2012 against the Steelers? Is that not? Sunday it must night have been football. Monday it night must football. Have been a Monday night game, I guess. I totally was so going to say 2012 against the Steelers. The Bengals have to never and that won. That was also a week two, I think. They have never no. won a regular season Sunday night football game on NBC. Now, you can mention that the previous two, you know, the Ravens game was on NBC last year in the playoffs. Yep. And technically, that wasn't a Sunday night football. And then the Raiders game, whereas that was a Saturday night, was on NBC as well. There was also another playoff game in between that we're not going to talk about that was on NBC in, in that realm uh, as well. Which uh, one was this? The Jets? Jets Bengals? Super Bowl. Game. Super Bowl. Oh, yep. Yeah. Super oof, oof. Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep, that's, so that's true. Uh, does that mean anything? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but it, it is interesting because, you know, this will only be Joe Burrow's second Sunday night football game ever, which yep. is wild that when you think about that as well as the last one was last year against the Ravens the official on Sunday will be Alex Kemp you ready for your Alex Kemp stats Mick uh yeah Bengals are four and one in games that one Alex Kemp has refed uh that was the Bucks and Raiders games in 2018 the Patriots yeah. in 2019 which was the loss so I don't really know how much of a loss we actually count that was, was that, that was the game, game. well yes you were I was at the too. Game too. Uh, Not the only other, reason the, the only reason the Bengals lost that game is because the Patriots were cheating by filming their sideline. That's the only reason they lost that game. And and Andy Dalton may or may not have thrown four interceptions. Uh, no, it's it's because they were filming the sideline. That's why that they because they cheated. Uh, the Jaguars in 2020 and then last season's game against the Panthers. So the Bengals are four and one against with Alex Kemp being the official. Uh, does that mean anything either? I. I, I don't know. So there's your, you add your negative stats going into Sunday's game without even mentioning the opponent and you add your positive stats. So how about we talk about the actual opponent now? And I think the best way to do that is, is to start with the injury reports mm-hmm. for the Bengals. Uh, Tyson Anderson did not practice today with a knee injury. Trey Hendrickson did not practice with a foot injury. Josh Tupo didn't practice with a shoulder injury. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. ADG and Mixon Raw limited. Devin Harper was full. Does do any of those worry you, Mick? I think the only one that probably would would be Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, and I don't even know if it would worry me that much. He sustained that injury during the Niners game. Now, argument can be made that, well, you know, a lot of adrenaline was going on, you know, during that game, and Trey was just probably able to come back 
you know, and, and play full game and make an impact. But, you know, the, the thing was probably uh, very, very well, probably was sore uh, on Monday and Tuesday and didn't participate on Wednesday. So I'm not too worried about the injury report. Um, Mixon chest. Limited participants. Limited, limited with play. a chest, correct. Yeah, I, that's probably – he's a veteran. It's Wednesday. It's a lighter practice anyways. He probably said, Zach, you know, I'm a little sore. And Zach Taylor is – you know, you can say what you want about him, but he is always on the player's side, especially when it comes to injuries. He's mm-hmm. always going to – you know, it's it's not worth pushing it. And that could be the same thing with Trey Hendrickson. And I feel like Trey Hendrickson is one of those guys, too, that unless that foot is cut off – and even then, I feel like he would play on one leg. This on is the Sunday. same man that broke his wrist last year and missed like one game. Dude was just he, clobbering people with a with the cast last year. He is <laughs> he's insane, and I love it. He is. He's a crazy man. He's. Uh, a, I'm scared of that guy. Yes, yes, I did love that the Bengals yesterday for Halloween posted. Here's your scary costume or something like that, and it was just a picture of of Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> Uh, something that quarterbacks are are completely scared of. For the Bills, uh, did not practice. Josh Allen with a shoulder. Let's come back to that in a moment. Rasul Douglas, and I love that the injury designation for him was just got here because they traded for him yesterday. Kyrie no Elam with an ankle. Balen Specter with a hamstring. And Damar Hamlin with an illness. And Quinton Morris was limited with an ankle injury. Um, let's first start with, because uh, really, th- th- I mean, the main topic that we have is Josh Allen on there with the shoulder injury. I was watching their, th- I guess it was Thursday night. Gosh, that's already been a week ago, wasn't it? Thursday mm-hmm. night that they played. Gosh, I couldn't even tell you who they played. Who did they play Lots. in that game? Thank you. Uh, and I saw the, was watching when he went down with the injury. And you saw him immediately grimace but I feel like he's like uh, Roethlisberger in the realm of he is just going to have 75 injuries a season, but yet is still, since he's just such a big human being, is still going to be fine and he's still going to play. I'm not even a little bit concerned in the fact that he might not play on Sunday. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's kind of like similar to the Trey situation where, you know, shoulders probably sore after the Thursday night game. You know, and he, he ended up finishing that game anyways, because like I said, all the adrenaline's running during the game. Um I am kind of surprised to see that he didn't participate just because the Thursday night game is already it's a he's week already gonna be a week removed from that uh tomorrow. So to, that's to me, kind of surprising. Friday. Friday's yeah. practice is gonna tell me whether I'm I'm starting to go, ooh, maybe he won't play. If he doesn't play. Do you know who the Bills' backup quarterback is, Mick? I'm putting you on the spot. I know who it is, so you don't need to Google Kyle, it. Kyle Allen. It's Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Allen. You are correct. Kyle Allen would Kyle. start at uh, on Sunday night football against uh, the the Bengals. Good day, John. Appreciate you taking the time day, to, to, to join us on this. Uh, Riley says that Josh Allen is listed as questionable on sleeper, which I mean Makes that's sense. just because he was d- did not practice. Uh, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, the one that I'm intrigued by is Rasul Douglas. Does he play? What do you think? I think he plays, but he's going to play on limited snaps. Uh, you know, Lou, Lou said this at some point last year because, you know, Bengals fans were all pissed at Eli Apple. They wanted us to bench Eli Apple, which they, they ended up doing until Cheeto got hurt. But, um, you know, your defensive backfield is kind of equivalent to your offensive line is that you don't really want to sub your defensive backfield out too much. During the game, there's a lot of cohesion, a lot of coordination that goes on in the back end there. So I, I have a hard time seeing Russell Douglas integrate himself too much into this game, but also you want him to get reps into a different defensive system. Now, Kyrie Elam being out may force him into action a little more, though. See, Kyir Elam was one of those guys that when he came out, gosh, what, what about four years ago, or has it not been that long? Uh, uh, he was drafted in 2022. Okay, I guess he was more uh, recent than that. I Actually, maybe he, he 2020. Was, no, 2022. No, yeah. he's, he's been yeah. at least in the league for a year or two. He was one of those guys that I, I kind of marked as like, ooh, I would like him. 
yeah. on the Bengals. I liked him at Florida. Uh, so I, he he's somebody that I, I at least kind of raised my eyebrows because especially when we move into here, diving into the specifics of this game and starting with the Bengals offense against the Bills defense. Bills defense is is beat up. Uh, yeah. No Travis White, um, you know, one of their best corners. But to me, the, the big X factor on their defense is no Matt Milano, as he's still on IR right now. That's that's huge for this Bills team because I feel like he's kind of the stall, the straw that stirs the drink on that defense. Yeah, he's definitely the captain of the defense, and I think that they're definitely missing his leadership and his coordination and and uh, in what he does there. Uh, now they they do have a decent linebacker in Tyrell Dodson, uh, very good against the run. Coverage game is okay. Uh, Terrell Bernard hasn't graded that well at all this season. Um, this isn't a defense that really scares me. No. Um, Von Miller, you know, is there, but Von Miller is 75 years old. Uh, also and coming off has, a torn ACL. And he, he has played a couple of games this year, and you don't want to know his stats are, Mick? One assisted tackle. That's it. Yeah. You know, we, we, we saw this back 10 years ago when Gino came back in 2014 after his torn ACL. It takes a while for the... Uh, for I feel like people on the line in particular to, to recover from injuries like this. And I think you're seeing that in Von Miller. And let's not also mention the fact that he is on the older end of the spectrum uh, when it comes to players that are playing in the NFL. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really too concerned about him. I think their best player on defense is probably safety, safety Jordan Poyer. Uh, and actually, their safety duo in general with Micah Hyde on the other side, uh, you know, that's definitely their strongest positional unit, I think. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But I, this is not a defense, especially compared to last week and even, heck, uh, two weeks prior against the Seahawks, that that scares me. You, you know, I think it is in the realm of the defenses that they played. It is because Bengals played some good defenses this year. I would call it, you know, the mid to bottom tier as far as defenses that the Bengals have played this year. Now, that's yeah. also talking about that the Bengals played some pretty darn good defenses. They've I mean, the Ravens really defense, defenses. the Browns defense, the 49ers defense, uh, heck, the Rams defense is not completely awful at times. Uh, <laughs> at times, Titans defense is solid. So, I mean, I really, I think an argument can be made that the Bengals have played a bad defense all year. Um, I guess Cardinals defense is not great, but it's not very good. No. But other than that, they've not played really many bad defenses. And I think the Bills are closer to the Cardinals than they are the Browns. I guess the Browns, yeah. I would still say, is the best defense the Bengals have played this year, even though the Ravens are ranked towards the top in pretty much every category. I'd still take the Browns defense. What we saw week one, whew, I'm sure Joe Burrow is still having nightmares over that. Yeah. Uh, Bengals defense against the Bills offense. Obviously, we just talked a few minutes ago about the Will Josh Allen play? If he doesn't play, I, I mean, I think that your your confidence in this game goes up drastically. <laughs> yeah, uh, because I'd I think say so. <laughs> with, you know, when you have a backup quarterback, you want to rely on the run game, mm -hmm. and the Bills' run game is—I mean, James Cook, he's okay, he's fine. They they just signed Leonard Fournette to their practice squad. Yesterday? Yeah, I'm interested to see how much work he's going to get. Um, Will we elevate him? We obviously have no no way of knowing that. Uh, it's just that that rushing attack doesn't worry me at all. And one yeah. of the biggest weaknesses of this Bengals de uh, defense has been against the run. And luckily, you're going up against a team that is not a. This is not you know Nick Chubb running at you. This is not the hack even the Ravens. This is a very much, I mean, heck, Josh Allen is probably their best runner. Yeah, and, that, and I'm glad you mentioned that because if there's only one, there's only one rusher I'd be worried about in, in the in the least bit, that'd be Josh Allen doing what Josh Allen does, which, you know, the Bengals did prove to kind of struggle against Brock Purdy last week in his, uh, in his escapability and his legs. And then also, I mean, the game against Lamar, but it, you know, in week two, it, Bengals, Prior to that, in 2021 and 2022, proved that they could contain Lamar uh, and his rushing ability. Uh, but yeah, the the fact that you face two somewhat mobile, you face one really mobile quarterback and one somewhat mobile quarterback, and 
you kind of got ripped off for some, you know, pretty pretty big yardage from those two guys is a little worrisome. Um, but yeah, the running backfield uh, with James Cook, Latavius Murray, Leonard Fournette, whoever, doesn't really concern me that much. Now they do have good wide receiver. I mean, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs, and then uh, Gabe Davis is, is really good yep. on the other side as well. Gabe Davis is kind of, I'm not calling him Brandon Ayuk, but I feel like he's in the Brandon Ayuk realm as far as he never gets talked about as being a really solid wide receiver. Uh, no, I take Brandon Ayuk over Gabe Davis every single day of the week that ends in why, but I feel like yeah. Gabe Davis doesn't get the respect that he deserves. See, here's my thing with Gabe Davis. I think he's very inconsistent. Like he's either no, that's, going, that's very, he's going off. He's either really going off against the team because, you know, they're probably doubling or tripling Stefan Diggs and he's got that one on one coverage or he's just laying an absolute goose egg. Honestly, if I had a, if I'm more bull, I, I'm more bullish about Khalil Shakir than I am about Gabe Davis, believe it or not, who's actually had, and Shakir's actually had borderline the best stretch out of all their receivers the past few weeks. Uh, they, they do have a very good wide receiver trio, though. And that's not even to mention the uh, the Dalton the 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 uprising of Dalton Kincaid, which uh, you know the 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 secondary, the linebackers did prove to have a lot of problems with George Kittle. I'm not saying Dalton Kincaid is in that stratosphere yet, although he kind of looks like he might be on his way there now. Um, I bet he's tired of all the Sam Laporta talk. <laughs> he's yeah, he's, <laughs> that that to me when I look at this offense. And you're asking me, I guess, the Bengals lose this game because Dalton Kincaid might be one of the guys that you can throw into that realm because mm-hmm. the Bengals have always had trouble stopping stopping tight ends. Uh, really, I mean, other than with uh, Trey Flowers, <laughs> surprisingly did a pretty decent job always against tight ends. He was other a great that, tight end kinda, specialist. Which is, know. he's a free agent, I believe. I don't think he made the Falcons. I think that's where he, he went. On, is he really a free agent? Why don't we Or maybe he's on somebody's practice squad or something, but I don't think he's on anybody's active roster because I think he went to the Falcons in the... Uh, in the off season, and I think moved on to uh, to go. Are you looking it up right now? I am looking it up right now. Now I am looking it up on Wikipedia, by the way. So, uh, uh, great job! That's a great, great resource. Only the best for the listeners of Jungle Juice. Hey, man, I've got a college degree. Like, give give the man a little credit here. It looks like he is on the active roster. Is he for the Falcons? Yep. yep. Okay. Well, facts are optional on this show too. Uh. Okay. Any other things you really want to discuss when we're talking about the uh, this this game on Sunday? Yeah, or I you mean, want to jump into your keys. Um, uh, let's go to the keys of victory. I, I mean, that'll, okay. that'll probably be yeah. I do kind of agree with what Riley says here, though. Uh, Jordan Battle is a size and speed to be a pretty good tight end specialist. I and do he agree. has the he, intangibles to do it too. Yes, I think, I, I think he could be an, an X factor on that. Um, you know, a matchup that you could see for years to come with Kincaid against battle. Okay, Mick, keys to the game and keys to a Bengals victory on Sunday night football to snap that losing streak. Yeah, so the Bengals on offense actually have a lot of things going for them against against this Bills defense. You pretty much mentioned this is probably on the lower end of defenses that the Bengals have faced this season, which is just kind of crazy to say because Sean McDermott coach defenses are usually in that elite to really good tier. So we're, we haven't necessarily seen that. Uh, I think another key, you know, a big key to victory again is Joe uh, doing what Joe does and uh, taking advantage of, of, uh, of uh, mismatched nightmares that this uh, secondary could potentially have. I'm not too big of a fan of the rushing offense against, uh, against the bills. They are fairly stout against the run. So I'm not, I don't know if I'm expecting to see a huge game out of Joe Mixon, but I'm also not expecting him to uh, to lay an absolute egg like he did against Seattle. Uh, but yeah, we'll go with the biggest the biggest keys to the defense is probably the uh, the Bengals pass catchers versus the uh, the Bills secondary. Yeah, it's it's hard to disagree with that. I think you know, especially with their secondary having the injuries back there. If guys like Kyrie Elam and Douglas mm-hmm. don't play. 
you, the Bengals, they got to take advantage of that because, I mean, this could be a game where you, and I, and I you'll know what I mean by this, Mick, is, is you just have to outscore them. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, more of your higher scoring games, it could be, I don't think it will be, but it could be. And when you have that, you're going to need your receivers to make plays. And I think when you have that, advantage goes to the orange and black of of the Bengals on on Sunday night yeah for sure now on defense keys to keys to victory on defense I'm gonna sound like a broken record let me guess let me guess pass rush pass rush maybe pass rush is another big is gonna be a big deal now the uh the bills have a uh it's probably the best starting tackle duo that the pass rush will play against uh, with Deion Dawkins and then Spencer Brown, who's having a uh, who's having a career year on the right tackle side as well. Um, but if we're looking at any unit on the defense to to really come through against this Bills offense, which can be extremely potent at times, it's got to be the pass rush and finding a way to to contain Josh Allen and his rushing ability as well. Um, you know, I'm not too big on the on this coverage unit for the Bengals against these Bills receivers. Um, so that I think the pass rush is going to have to try to bail them out again this week. The Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night on NBC. So you have Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth and Melanie Collins, I think is the sideline reporter. I think that's her name. Sure. Uh, yeah, I have no sounds, idea. Sounds I thought great. it was Tafo- what happened to Michelle Tafoya. Wasn't she, she got. On- uh, is you're going to make is- this discussion. She's no longer employed by NBC. We'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, and no, I don't care in the comments about what your opinion is on Michelle Tafoya. So if that tells you anything that you need to know, Mick, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk Fair about enough. it. Fair we'll talk enough. about it after this year. I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's cool. Not keeping my hands clean of any of any potential discussion there. Uh, Angles have lost 10 straight regular season Sunday night football games on NBC. It's going to be striping out the jungle. Uh, make sure that you, if you're coming to the game that you do that. I was trying to pull it up. Instead, clicked a different button. Uh, bang, there you go. Do it. Great. You can find that map if you need it. Mick, Bengals Bills, number three, two and a half, two. How, what are we looking at? What are you at? Bengals are you version about? Two, three, two and a half. Uh, if we're doing this mathematically, it's like two point two, two five, two point two, point two. Bengals two point two, Bengals Bills two point two. <laughs> uh, I guess that's a good way to put it. It Who sounds wins? like an iOS model here. Uh, I'm gonna it go is. Bengals. I'm gonna okay. I think a lot of points are gonna be scored in this game. Um, I think you're gonna see a lot of offensive fireworks. I think. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm going to go Bengals 27, Bills 24. That's one I was considering. I I, I really was. Uh, I'm going to go very similar. Bengals 27, Bills 20 is okay. going to be my pick. So I think I think 27 seems like it's a good number. Riley's picking Bengals 34-20. I'd be I very mean, after pleased the San Fran game last week, wouldn't be I, surprised at all. No, no, not at all. I, I was even thinking 31-20. Uh, I'm just picking 27-20, and uh, I think you're going to see Bills have it. Chance to drive down the field. Josh Allen throws an interception to Cam Taylor-Britt. Well, deja vu to last year to clinch the victory uh, for the Bengals, and Joe Burrow throws down a couple of knees, and we're going to see Jamar Chase in the victory formation doing a backflip like he did yeah, it, it, in the it, that celebration. That was perfect. And also the still shot, whoever got of him being... Yeah, there were a couple really good still shots. I was very <laughs> impressed. I was. Very I impressed. saw that initially, and I was like, what in the hell did I just see here? Like, that's... I was, I was so confused. I was like, why is Jamar Chase upside down in the middle of the air? And then backflip. Perfect, perfect backflip. Did you know he used to do gymnastics? I did. I saw that, that he used to... Some that he said that, but he didn't. Apparently, it was not planned. It was just one of those things that happened, and he was he was all for it. I'm just see, glad that he landed it. See, I was like asking Sam because after after I saw the touchdown happen, I just went crazy and screamed and ran throughout my house and didn't see the celebration. I was like, Sam, uh, your wife gritty? too. Did he have let's, the gr- Yeah, my wife, Sam, not not my uh, 
not my sister or me co-host or yeah or or best friend uh well or sister or sister i was asking sam i was like did jamar do the gritty she was like i didn't see him do a gritty and then got the picture of him just floating upside down in the middle of the air and she's like yeah oh yeah he did a backflip and it was really good i think we need to have him he's got to be the backflip guy do you want I to like risk the, him being the backflip guy? No, see, that's, see, that's that's, that's really of, I don't I don't want it. Like Trent, last, who, Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor, yeah, that's who he I was want. good because if Trent Taylor failed, nobody really cared. He was, yeah, yeah but still, I should Jamar Chase be the backflip guy? We'll 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 start that conversation up. We need to put that uh, put a put, put we'll put up a poll on the page and be like, does he need to be? <laughs> should we should we put him as a backflip guy? Speaking of the page, remember to follow us there on our Facebook page, Jungle Juice Facebook. I think we've been having issues there streaming. We'll have to figure that out before next week's show. Uh, remember to follow our good buddy Josh Isles over at WDN Today on Facebook. You can follow it there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow along that way. We also have a great uh, way for you to listen back via your favorite podcast platform. Make our country of the week that we were tuned in. Poland! So we say shout out to our friends in Poland from Warsaw. If you were listening, thank you for joining us for the episode of Jungle Juice. That was who, who tuned into last week's episode. Uh, make which sure you follow us European along there. Which country are we going to bet on now? Which one, which one do you think is going to come? Germany. Out? I'm going to go Denmark. I love Denmark. I've never okay. been, but I really want to go. It looks awesome. Okay, there you go. Uh, if one of us is correct, uh, we owe the other one a Coke. Deal? <laughs> Um, I'll give you a Dr. Pepper. You like that? There you go. Uh, or and I'll buy you a a vault water. Isn't Just, that what you drink? Uh, no, nah, life water. I get giant life water. Two giant life waters at the games after a tailgate. You do. What may or may not being be a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> Degeneracy is is that a word? Degeneracy. If not, we just made it up. Degeneracy. 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 That's probably I think that's sounds what it is. Sounds a little bit more intelligent, but uh, that'll wrap us up here for this week. Make any parting thoughts? Uh, no. Uh, for those of you showing up to the game, please show out in full force. Uh, try your best to coordinate with the Stripe the Jungle sections that Stam highlighted earlier a few times, in the, or as he's doing right now. Um, try to coordinate your best and uh, just provide an electric atmosphere. I can't wait. It seems like the uh, the stadium really just comes alive during prime time, and also apparently the uh, the Bengals uh, Bengals crowd wasn't as great at the Seahawks game. I take partial responsibility. I wasn't. You there. you you take full responsibility. It is all your fault. Uh, it was yeah. It, what, what were you, yeah. What what before we part? What what were your thoughts on that? Because Schubert obviously had his opinion on yes. it and posted about it. What did you Wait, notice anything? I, Alex Schubert had an opinion about something. Are are we sure that we're we're talking I, about the same person? Yeah. Uh, no. Yes. It, it was not. It I, see, and it's so hard to talk about the crowds because the last game that we were at was the Rams game, and it was a primetime game, and the game before that was the Ravens. The so opener. it was a. So because when you're talking about opponent wise, Seahawks doesn't bring out the same level of. It's it's going to be a similar crowd to what next week will be against the Texans. Like okay, uh, so like a Panthers Falcons game last yeah, year. Somewhere yeah, around that round. <laughs> it's just or Browns. Like it Browns was, game was kind of dead. I'm not going to lie. It, that was it was loud when it needed to be, but it wasn't loud the entire game. Like it's going to be on Sunday if it's a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat down more on Sunday than I typically do that game against the Seahawks. Uh, but that also just was. Based on I was stressed at times, maybe, and because the the defense was giving me heart attacks, and so was the offense. And I just hope, like there haven't been many games over the past couple of years in Paycor Stadium where I've been able to come away being like, ah, my heart rate didn't raise at all. <laughs> you know, we've had yeah. we've had probably too many. You know, you had Panthers, Falcons last year that were in that realm. Bra- I'm gonna say the Browns, Browns, Browns. Yeah, but other than that, like. All of the other games were not safe. I guess Ravens won, like the one in the regular season. I was think never really in doubt. Yeah. Well, and also you got to think a lot of those fans were coming off uh, the An probably the most traumatic, yeah, correct. traumatic experience they probably have ever seen in a sporting event. 
And also just to throw back to that, shout out to our season ticket guys next to us, Sanjay and Moody, I believe it's his name. Moody brought his son to the to the Bills game last year. It was his first NFL game, and obviously what happened happened. I think Moody's bringing his son again to this Bills oh, game. Oh, interesting. I think so. I think I remember him saying that. So. Well, I, d- I didn't know that, so I'm very excited to uh, get to see them. And shout out to everyone that sits around the season tickets. And also we'll give a good shout out to our good friend, one oh, Bengal Jim. Love that guy. Uh, Can't wait. If you, Yep. We'll, we'll be down there. If you see us, say hi. Uh, tell us how we're right. Tell us how we're wrong. As long as you follow us on our social media channels, you can do whatever you want to us within reason. Yes. Uh, uh, you can throw reason out the window with me. It's totally cool. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Mick. Uh, we'll see you back here next Wednesday. Hopefully recapping a big Bengals win on Sunday Night Football every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So until then, for another episode of Jungle Juice, Mick, it's been fun. Yeah, yep, it's been fun. Can't wait to uh, to watch the game, and we'll see you guys next week. Who day? Who day?